Ah, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I compel you to do my will. <laughs> my love is gone. My life is gone. All I have is my humanity. I just want to leave. Please, let me go. I care little for your humanity. And you'll not be leaving before I've had my fill. <laughs> ah, I can't. No, don't make me. I beg you, please. Do not make my last feast in your world. You. talking to my boss and we're like going back and forth and i'm like dude i gotta go just hang up on his ass yeah like i drove home and and i'm just beat been outside working all day in this heat and shit and, and then brandy's like well let's walk the dogs around the lake okay and they come back and she's like you know we really need to trim those hedges i'm thinking okay sure right they're, now they're, eventually they're in the garage right now i'm like fuck so i'm out there don't we didn't we hire gardeners give me this fucking guy's <laughs> phone number you know yeah tell him make him aware that this is not me <laughs> you know i don't do this stuff anymore you use a tree skirt when you trim your uh bushes no i'm just out there in shorts man ah look at this guy <laughs> a tree kilt the man is on fire tonight people. Oh, it's actually shit. called a kilt yeah that's a utility <laughs> kilt he keeps a, a knife and a gun in there chris is all get the fuck on i can't see your face and he, you're all what kind of night am I walking into? <laughs> I'll tell you what kind of night. Yeah. Are you naked below the waist, Chris? No. Um. No. Under, only underneath my shorts, no. I am. Yeah. I'm. Is that? Damn. That looks like a straight up thing of moonshine for the no, people. No. It's a, it's water. Home. That's from cutting it's the bushes moonshine. and trees and shit. Man. <laughs> shit. So how's everyone doing from last episodes? It was good, man. I I uh, I really enjoyed myself. Yeah. You know what's funny is that. Uh, I mean, some of the listeners may know this or not, but we record some of our episodes back to back. You know, we'll we'll take a pause and then we'll render the you know the episode, then we'll start up a new one. Well, I forgot to intro us on episode two. I remember, but I wasn't going to say anything. No, you got to tell me because I, I got to know these kinds of things. I figured I, you I put it on the front. No, put we'll it on the front. It. Of course, I'll do it on the intro, but we're going to do it right now, too. Greetings, fellow slingers. Welcome back to World of Hard 20 podcast. It is I, your trusted handler, Brian, welcoming you to another episode of our of our Gaslight Scenario. And with me, my agents, Ramirez and Ryan. Tang. Oh. Yeah, don't be gaslighting me. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I'm tough guy. trying to see where the gaslights, you know, where, where it all comes in. Oh, well, who knows? It is Louisiana yeah. gaslight district. I think. Is that what it is? I, I think don't they have gaslights in the, 
in the French Quarter or whatever they, they do. call it. They do. Never I, been there, so I've been there once and I was not in my right mind. So it was well, like a party bus on the way and party bus on the back way back. It was bad. Well, you know, just like every one of our uh, DG scenarios, we always have an after action report, and we'll touch base on that one. It's all said and done. Yeah. So when we last left off, you gentlemen, you guys were on your way to go to a green box that Heisenberg had informed you is probably about 15 miles to the west of your current location where you discovered Mrs. James basically decapitated by whatever shredded her head and, and most of her shoulders off of her body. Uh, you took a squad car after asking Lieutenant Fontenot if it was okay to take. And of course he said, okay, because you rubbed him so well, Ramirez. And so you guys are uh, now heading agent rice came in with the big assist on that one that's right so you guys <laughs> are heading the pooch headed out to a long closed bob's big boy restaurant and we have agent rice is driving of course ramirez you're sitting shotgun amped up by the way neither one of you have had any sleep right mm-hmm. have you guys slept at all okay no what are you Wish. doing during this time ramirez as you're uh as you're sitting in in the car I think that Ramirez is probably starving, so he's going to try to do a Ramirez special and convince Agent Rice to get food, but he's going to do it in such a way where he's going to make him think that it's his idea. Oh, going to gaslight him. Yeah, he's going to start talking about, like, <laughs> have you ever been to Marty? Like, you ever been to Louisiana? You know the po' boys around here and the fish. You ever tried into this food? He'll just start, like, describing, and eventually, hopefully, the agent, like, is like, you know what? My stomach really wants some of that. Like the po' boy sounds great. Zaxby's. You said it's like three fifteen in the afternoon, right? It is three fifteen in the afternoon. Good yeah, man. Job, man. You're taking some good notes, tough guy. We're we're doing a team thing here. Yep. So as you're listening to him kind of babble about food, babble about this and that, occasionally he lights up a smoke, cracks the window, blowing the steam out. He just keeps going on about different foods and whatnot. Looking back on what you saw on that sidewalk, Agent Rice, kind of brings everything back to when you first were introduced to Delta Green. Why don't you tell us the incident that actually brought you into their focus? Yeah, so I was on a mission, uh, or, or an op, I'll call it, tracking this elusive band of of uh, people that I haven't identified yet that we believe are smuggling arms. And I was on a stakeout and an op uh, with my me and my partner. And we entered into a building because we saw a guy walk in. So we followed him in to kind of see what was going on. And, and it was really quiet. It was dark. And then the guy something came at me out of the dark and I had already had my weapon drawn, but I could still kind of make out that it was a human type figure. It was running towards me and I shot him multiple times. But as I was shooting, I was backing up down this hallway. Hell yes. So I'm at the end of the hallway and I'm like yelling for my partner. And all of a sudden I've, I thought for sure it was dead. I freaking double tapped him two to the chest, one to the head. He goes down. I'm at the end of the hallway and all of a sudden I see this, this body moving. Now he is on his back at this point, feet towards me. 
I see the body get up like like spider legs, like the body comes up off the ground and the legs are and the arms are behind. And you see the head do like a 360 and then kind of prop up and then go running off. Not running like on its feet, but it's like just a like spider type run. Crab jamming. Just yeah, it's crab is a better way. And I was like, holy shit, what did I just witness? It's like, I didn't know if maybe I'd been on the stakeout too long, not enough sleep or food. And I saw that and that's what introduced me to uh, the folks at Delta Green. Ramirez is also, somebody say steak? Yeah, steak? right. He's like, you doing okay? You thinking about food? Crystals, what? You know, I actually just got done reading a book, uh, Criminal Macabre. It's about this like almost noir detective. And one of the stories is like what you're talking about. He's going after this, um, like a surgeon that is using voodoo to put together arms and stuff and to put he's making like perfect puppets it's it's really disgusting but it's really reminded me about what you're what you're talking about i got a real good uh mental image so you guys are probably on the road for about maybe 20 minutes or so and you notice that you start getting into a a, a badder part of town much worse than what you had just left where all this stuff was going down in one of the districts of the Bywater district. And you see that there's a lot of shops that are closed, a lot of uh, apartment complexes like projects. You see a lot of people loitering around in, in dark alleyways and hallway, you know, like the entryways of, of buildings that are just far back enough to where they can see you, but you can't really make out who's ever standing in the, in the darkened doorway smoking cigarettes or whatever trash cans some of them are kind of knocked over and the detritus is just kind of blown out into the street and eventually you make your way to an intersection and this looks to be the place where Heisenberg had directed you to go you see on the corner this fenced in restaurant if somebody's erected an old fence all the way around its perimeter you see within it the dilapidated building of a former restaurant. You see this large macabre looking statuesque of mm -hmm. this human childlike figure holding what appears to be some melted hamburger at this point, just huge, probably 10, 12 feet tall. You see that all the way around it is a chain link fence. It's just like Austin Powers. Oh, no, this is Bob's big boy, man. No. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that in the Austin Powers? It was, like yeah. Was it? I don't remember. Yeah. And then they saw it on the radar movie. scene. So long. Um, yeah, Ramirez is like, roll him up, tosses the cigarette. So is the entire is the entire um, restaurant, including the parking lot, uh, chained? It's all fenced? chained. Yeah, it looks fully chained. You um, parlez-vous Francais, Agent Rice? And at this point, it's actually starting to to get a little darker. A lot of the surrounding buildings and stuff are casting longer shadows as the sun begins to start dipping down, even though at this point it's close to four. Uh, with the time of the year being still in the fall, you're starting to see longer shadows, more cooler areas, less sun. Okay. Uh, as I'm driving by, can, is there a spot on the street that I can uh, pull off on or... Yeah, there's, there's 
areas all the way around the perimeter of this fence. There's some uh, abandoned cars. Looks like the, the wheels have been taken off, trunk popped open, all the windows busted out. And it looks like these particular cars have been there for some time. Like they've just been abandoned. People okay. sleeping in them. You know, these are people's homes. Probably. Hey, Ramirez, this uh, seems like maybe a rough part of town. We, we're going to want to watch ourselves here. So I'll, I'll pull up to a spot by the fence. And then um, I'm assuming that it's the shotgun. The keys that I have, does it have a key to uh, unlock the shotgun in the squad car? Why don't you make a luck roll? I also have a few questions about the computer or the about the, the car, but do your thing. Well, yeah, I mean, it is, yeah. you are driving in a, definitely a denoted squad car. Starsky you know, you, and Hutch style, baby. We no, no, it's, it's not like the Gran Torino. I mean, this is an actual police cruiser, you know, you see the Fuck shotgun yeah. sitting posted, you see the police shocks computer there, which is basically how you found your way to this location. Chris, let's take this thing over a bridge. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, 13. 13. So you find that you do have the key on the ring. Okay, gonna unlock it, unhook that bad boy. I look in the glove box too, or say, hey, Ramirez, look in the glove box, see if there's a burner or something in there that you might oh, be yeah. able to use. Um, yeah, he'll definitely look in there. I wanna see like, what can we get out of this? Like, like before anything, like inspect the whole vehicle. <laughs> like pop the trunk. I wanna see if there's like a uniform in there and shit. AR-15 body armor. Yeah, you know, another cop guy. Okay, so you look in the glove box, there's nothing in there, there's no other weapons, no ammunition in there. Uh, you pop the trunk, you see that there's first aid kit, there's road flares and triangle, you know, like the triangle reflective yeah. stuff. Um, you don't see any body armor, you don't see any other weapons or anything like that. Is there ammo for the gun? Why don't you make your luck check? Oh. Four. Four? Nope, you don't see any ammo for the 12 gauge. Most likely whatever is in the tube and in the chamber is all that's in there. Is there, I was gonna I was gonna check, just pull the slide back a little bit and see if there's a shell in the Yeah, in and the you pipe. see it, so you imagine there's there's four in the tube and one in the pipe. Okay. This is becoming a rap song, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's like, you look pretty good with that thing. You're pretty handy with the steel, huh? Reminds me of uh, Harley Davidson in the Marlboro Man. Nice. Um, <laughs> another Starsky and Hutch reference. Yeah. Um, okay, so there's nothing in the... You, you did say that we had access to the, the computer? Yeah, just the nav aspect of it. Like, you can't go in there. I mean, I don't know what your computer skills are, though. I mean, maybe you were able to do something. I have a 40. Oh, but and you would tell me what you want to try to do. I would want to be really, really careful. And I think this is something I talk about with Agent Rice, maybe as we're, you know, doing this and we can we could take the cop car somewhere else or maybe on the way back. But um, I think it might be a good idea to look up files for Doc Randall. Um, maybe if we could find some sort of known location. I don't know how much access police stuff has. I would think a lot because I'm stupid. But um, can we look up like utility bills if he's running a business? I don't know how legitimate this fortune teller stuff is, but uh, can you think of any information we could pull out of this computer database? Yeah, I think uh, it'd be good maybe find uh, known accomplices, last known address, you know, maybe uh, any of his recent arrests that might tip us off to, to an area where he's at. 
Sure. I mean, I'm not sure if we even got a picture of the guy, but if we could pull up an old like mugshot, at least we'd kind of, you know, have something something more than what we have right now. Yeah, I, I think let's let's do that after we go inside here, Ramirez. The uh, sun's coming down. I want to get into this place, get what we need, and get out and get back. We got to be to the bullpen in an hour or so. What you're asking about, you can do that on the drive back. Yeah, agreed. And I think we'll do a quick another look around just to see if the locals are paying us any attention now. Okay, go and make a search for an alertness. Sorry, alertness. Come on, and baby. I'll do the same. Oh, I rolled a 20. What am I doing? Wrong game. You said alertness? Yes. 94 over 40. <laughs> 89 over 50 for me. Yeah, both of you don't see anybody eyeballing you. It looks like the same people that have been kind of watching you initially. Mm -hmm. They don't seem to be taking any more interest in you that you can tell. Okay. Oh, were there any bolt cutters or anything in the back of that squad car? No. Okay. So, all right, Ramirez, let's let's hit it. Let's. Uh, yeah, is there like a part of the place. part of the fence that we can easily like jump through, or like pull? Maybe if, it, if even if it is chained, like pull it up and just slide, like go up underneath the lock. Yeah, and you can see that some of the chain link in in some areas is loose enough to to get through, as though maybe somebody has already at one time been in and out of this, done whatever they've done to it. In, a, in an effort to try to loot this place or whatnot. Okay. I think uh, freezers are usually, or fridges are usually in the back of these places. You want to try the back door? Yes. Let's go to the back door. You have to okay. say that with a smile on your face. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as you guys walk around this, uh, this once beautiful restaurant, you could really see that it's, it's 80s nostalgia is just haunted by all the graffiti along its walls. You notice that all the windows have been shattered, but have been reboarded up from the inside with mm. large plywood portions. And even those pieces of, uh, of additional material have been graffitied and, and whatnot. Just basically everything that somebody could write down. Yes, Chucky likes to suck cock. You know, just all kinds of weird shit all over the place, you know. He's Ramirez, like, are you sure this is the right place? Did he is this where Heisenberg sent us the address? Yeah, I mean, think about it. if you wanted to hide some top secret grade stuff, where are you gonna put it? Uh, yeah, I, I get it, but I mean, this place looks like it might have had some visitors. Ho hopefully, it's uh, put away uh, secretly enough that nobody sees it. Yeah, I mean, right. we won't know until we get in, so we just have to have to look. All right, let's do it. And he's like, look, it says Bob was here. And then somebody else came along and says, Bob sucks. <laughs> he's like, I didn't so, know Bob sucks. So is the back door. Um, I'm going to try the uh, the handle, see if it's open. It is locked. And in fact, you can see that there's a like a latch deadbolt on it that looks as though somebody had installed after the place had closed mm. because it would be a fire hazard for during business hours for them to have put something like this on the outside of the building. Hey, Ramirez, you, uh, you strike me as a kind of person that mm -hmm. might be able to get into some places you may not necessarily supposed to be at. You happen to have a lock pick with you? 
He opens up the jacket and it's like you see in the old days with like everything. He's like, <laughs> I might have a little something. Um, no, I actually do have lock picking tools. Um, so as he's doing this, um, what, what do we do? I have craft locks at a 50. And then I do have lock picking tools. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Yeah, because I'm looking... And I'm thinking the only other thing, and I don't even know if, if this would uh, work, but I don't think criminology quite works Ooh. in that regard. So, but, That's uh, a 20 under 50. Okay, so you slide these picks into this lock and definitely, not even looking at the lock, you're just looking at Agent Rice as you're doing it. Oh, yeah, he's something actually like this? Like, he's like telling a story. He's like, you know, I heard once somebody came in and they're like, why is this door open? And the person was like, well, we're closed, you know, like we're, we haven't opened yet. And he's still just working on the lock. And the customer was like, well, well then why is the door unlocked? And the manager was like, well, it can't be locked because of fire hazards when people are in the building. And the person was like, there's no people in here. And he's like, well, you know, the customers are people too, ma'am. And the customer was like, well, <laughs> that's ridiculous. And walked away. And he like pops it open. And he's like, isn't that crazy? People are assholes. And then he just opens the door and he's like, entree? Somebody needs some sleep. Yeah, you could definitely tell he's starting to get a little punchy, a little goofy, jittery. Yeah, uh... telling you, shrimp po' boys, best in the south, baby. You get that andouille sauce or the, you know, whatever the the bread sauce they put on it, the remoulade. So you see this entry into the kitchen. Probably been long since used. It's dark inside. But even the glint from outside is enough to... You could catch a long, steel, horizontal edifice in the middle of this room. What's the light like in here? Very dark. It's got to be dark. Does that yeah. does that shotgun have a tack light on it? No. Okay. Hey, Ramirez, take this uh, tack light. Shine this for me. I'm going to keep both my uh, hands on this shotgun here. Your pen light's just not going to cut it in here. He opens it up and he's trying to do like you did earlier. And then he's like, Hey, can we get some burgers? You guys open for business? And he hey, just winks. Hey man, you gotta you gotta keep focused here, man. We this is uh this is dangerous. So can you kind of dial it down a little bit? Sorry, man. This is my normal, you know, this is my dial. Yeah, I, I get it, it, but we gotta we gotta pay attention here. We gotta get our shit get out of here. We gotta get back to the bullpen, but I don't wanna be going into the rest of this op with just this fucking shotgun. You, uh, so as we move in, he's like, agreed. He's like, what do you think this, uh, bullpen's gonna be? I'm not really one for cops. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a lot of, uh, a lot of posturing, and it's gonna be, uh, you know, lieutenant trying to keep us from, uh, bringing our, our federal boys in to take over this investigation. It's an ego thing with him. So we, we can talk about it on the way. Let's we gotta figure out where this cash is from Heisenberg. So let's let's move along here. We're in the kitchen. You're still in the doorway. I'm imagining that yep. Ramirez is sweeping left to right with this tack light. As your beam sweeps across, you see that the, the walls are all tiled. Some of them are cracked, broken, missing. You see, as I sort of explained uh, briefly about this. Uh, metallic object in the middle of the room and you could tell that it's a long steel counter 
even as the light catches it from seven, eight feet away from it, you can see that there that the surface of it is just etched with grooves in forming like geometric lines in every direction. Still got gummed up stuff inside of it. Most likely this is probably where the chefs would do their do their thing. You see this, that there's counters and sinks. This doesn't look like uh you said geometric. It's not like the magic geometry stuff you're talking about. Hypergeometry? Right? Yeah, it's not. No, not that you can tell. No. Okay. Just... And eventually you sweep your your light all the way over to the left and you see against the west wall a large steel door with what appears to be a screwdriver in a latch handle of it. The door itself is probably about eight feet tall, maybe four feet wide. And even in this low light, it still is highly polished. Is it a, does it look like a door to another room or a door to a cabinet? It looks like a door to a walk-in freezer. Okay. About like with the little handle that you pull out and it pops the latch and it's got the seals on the outside. Yeah, it's just got some kind of a, of a rusty screwdriver wedged down in there. All right. Top so notch. I'll, I'll go up to that freezer and um, with I, I've got the shotgun in my left hand. So okay. um, which way does the door open? Uh, handles face handles on the right side, so it would swing to your left side. Okay. Uh, like swing you know, towards you and to the left. Hey, Ramirez, I'm going to step back here. I, I need both my hands on this shotgun. I'm going to stand yeah, over here. Can you open this thing up? Sure. So he holds the light up and he steps over. And he almost makes another wise crack, but he thinks better. And he's like, all right. So he opens it up, pulls the... And that's exactly what it feels like. You, It's like this air comes out and you get this strong smell of gasoline that's just heavy in the air, as well as this green, noxious gas kind of seeps out. You just can't help it. And I need for you guys to make a sanity check. Nice. What do you got? I got a 19 under 59. What do you got there, Rice? 42 under 69. 4269. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Good job, boys. So you each take one point of sanity loss as you are just racked with these visions briefly of these large colossal Man. creatures, size of city blocks, sliding around on the ground, knocking buildings over, just basically burrowing into the ground and coming back and you for the briefest of moment you almost feel the screams of humanity as it as they eke away from the world that you knew and then just as briefly as it came upon you it immediately shakes off and kind of leaves you uh you know with a, with a sheen of perspiration on your forehead and just almost short of breath and then as you sweep inside with the light you see a whole plethora of items that do not belong in a walk-in freezer. Ramirez is like, like takes a wide step back from where the gun's pointed. He's like, okay, okay. You know, all right, like, let's. Hey, Ramirez, jam that, uh, swing this door all the way open and then jam that uh, screwdriver between the floor and the bottom of that door. 
Yeah, as like, you're saying it, that's it. He's like right there. Just yeah. Yeah. like kick it in there. Mm-hmm. Make it so it's hard to get out. I don't want somebody sneaking up on us and trapping us in here. Yeah, we'll take another look around the room just to make sure Billy and his brothers aren't coming around. Yeah, you don't see anybody at, at, at the back door. You don't see anybody in the kitchen. Nothing like that. This place isn't even up to food code. So what, what kind of uh, uh, weapons, body armor, anything are in here? Well, tell me how you want to go about investigating this this place because there is no lights. The electricity is totally dead at this point. Yeah. So, hey Ramirez, we need to get we need to get body armor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so let's look for two sets of body armor, um, some pistols. Are you good with a pistol? Well, let me explain not. how these mm-hmm. these green boxes work. They're not like carte blanche caches they're more like uh, what other teams bring and leave behind Mm. for other teams to take and then leave something else behind kind of thing when they become serviced they're usually serviced by other cells that operate whether they operate in Louisiana or they're operating in Georgia or or California Mississippi yeah I mean who knows what might have been accosted from some of the local thugs and put into this freezer as well. So like one of the first things you notice as the as the flashlight comes across, you know, you see on a on a wooden table in the back what it looks to be like a large SWAT grade breaching tool. Just a combination sledgehammer slash crowbar that appears to be made of like this solid steel. You see some kind of a small box looks to be the size of a uh, of a cigar box next to it. You do see a 12-gauge shotgun leaning against one of the corners, as well as books. You see a stack of books. You see a couple Ziploc bags on a metal shelf that's to your right. Uh, in the back, you see some old file cabinets, as well as some kind of a computer that uh, appears to be in some kind of a dormant state. And you just see all, all kinds of stuff all around. One of the other things you do notice is there appears to be like an old mattress leaning against the far back wall. It appears to have like a large blood stain on it. What can we tell? This is just me. Can we tell where like that gas smell was coming from? It's hard to tell because it just, it was atomized. It didn't readily appear that it was from one singular object. No, but I'm like still getting the feel that you guys. Well, I'm still getting the feel that you guys are still just standing in the door, sweeping, you know, first. And th- these are just the things that you see right mm-hmm. off the bat. So, tell me how you want to go about investigating what's in these things, and you know what you want to take. Because I'll tell you, there's there's quite a, a few things in this. Some stuff may be mundane. Some things may be cool. Some things may be just a waste of time. Some things may seem like a a joke that another team may have left behind, like. Like know, a mattress. Bottle of whiskey filled with piss. You know, haha, jokes on you, you know. Called well. Just, yeah, stuff yeah, stuff like that. You know, you don't really know what frame of mind these other agents may have been in I think before of, or after they visited this place. One of the things I've been thinking about since the last session, so we're gonna go after this guy, right? Is our ultimate thing, do we think we're gonna execute this guy? Or do we think we're gonna try to do some kind of like um 
like a boogeyman uh like we get him arrested and set up like what how, what's the spin are we just trying to execute burn to the ground and then the same thing with the um he said get rid of the victim's bodies so that means we got a coroner's office that we're either going to have to infiltrate and steal bodies or somehow we have a friend at the electric company that said they can um do a blackout maybe we can use that somehow so i guess that these are the things i'd be bringing up to rice like is there anything in here that will help us with those things well he said that the that the guy at the power company can reset the the grid and it's going to buy you one hour as far as the mission parameters you were to deal with randall schaefer however you felt but eisenberg also warned you that this guy threatened to release a bunch of envelopes of the stuff that of, of damaging evidence against the agency as well as he has your guys's dossiers i had an idea i was kind of hoping we'd find some kind of high-powered rifle here so we could go with the whole it was just a sniper but we basically like do a suicide by police on this guy so he goes down all that stuff disappears and it's like oh he was just shooting people in the head because he's a nut well, you tell me what your play is, guys. Agents. So, hey, Ramirez, that uh, we probably need to bounce in here a little bit more, but that mm -hmm. that uh, breaching bar looks like something we're going to need. Mm -hmm. That shotgun. Um, so I'm. Uh, let's step in here a little bit, see if we can, you know, see look if there's the, anything more. Look at the Ziploc bags. Okay. Tell me what you want to look at first. Um, I want to look at that small box. Okay. You see it's a, a cigar box, just like an old Miro Coronella. It's got dust on top of it. Full of cash? Yep. Uh, pop it open, open it up. And you actually see that there's five corn cassette tapes in there. Nice. Like K-O-R-N corn? Yep, K-O-R-N. Follow the leader, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Taking me Ironically, back they're all the same tape. Which one is it? Follow the leader. Just follow the leader, okay. I think, Freak on a leash. I, I think I have two of those, and I think that's the only one I have. I have okay. uh, that I used to listen to all the Yeah, man. Those are all the best uh, the videos with the bullet yep. coming through. Oh, that's what I do. So is, um, now that we've kind of moved in a little bit more, do we see anything else, you know, around the around the freezer? You're in the freezer. This no, is do the we freezer. see anything around the freezer that we didn't see? So we were in the doorway. Yeah. Now we've moved in. Yeah. Do okay. we see anything that we There's a table seen? to the left, and that's what had the, the SWAT grade breaching tool. It had this cigar box. It has a couple of uh, textbooks on there as well. To the right is a lattice-type metal shelving unit with three different shelves. I think I said that there was some, dip, some Ziplocs on there. There appeared to be a, a box of shells as well. Uh, I said that in the back... There was a an old file cabinet with what looked to be some kind of a computer that was on top of it that seemed to be in some kind of a standby mode. Uh, I'm interested in these Ziploc bags. Okay. Uh, yeah. More jokes. <laughs> so you go over to one of the Ziploc bags, or the Ziploc bag, and as you look at it, you see that inside are three 45-round bullets. And as you're looking at them, you notice that the uh, that the center of the bullets seem to have been drilled out 
and replace with these tiny translucent emerald green jade material pieces in there. When you Could, say drilled out, do you mean the like the somebody made a hollow point? Out? Yeah, like the tip, like somebody made a hollow point out of it and embedded some kind of a translucent emerald green jade gem like piece in it. Somebody's been hunting Superman again. Yeah, right. You see that uh, another one has a a bunch of rounds for 762. But as you look at them, you notice they appear to be more like they're blanks. They have no bullet, but the front ends are crimped like dummy rounds. I think Agent Rice is just like, oh, lovely. And Ramirez is just like, I don't fucking care. You see on the second shelf down, you see a, a box of shotgun shells. Here's to have at one point have been torn partially open and then kind of pushed back down on itself. And as you look at it, you can see that there's a few shells that are actually in there. Usable? Uh, tell me what you want to do. Like, I want to. I'm gonna look at the. I'm gonna pull that shell box open. Okay. And gonna dump them out onto the uh, the table. You see that there's 12 shells in there, and they each look like they at one point have been opened and then repacked like the shells themselves have been repacked with something so they've been reloaded yes okay um i just saying that yeah i just i put it in my hand and and does it feel like um you know is it heavy is it light it has a certain density but when you shake it, it you can hear something inside rattling and it sounds metallic Okay, is that all the... Sh- I'm going to just do that real quick on all 12 shells. Yeah, they all seem the same. Okay. You know, you, you grab your tack light and you kind of hold it up like like checking for a chicken and an egg. And you see that there's like long little rods in each one, in each shell. I want open. Can you tell what, what's in no, that? No, 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 don't. You don't want to cut this open, man. We may need this. <laughs> We're going into some shit. This we is need like to, specialty we need to... uh, ammunition, right? Yeah, but like this cotton, yeah. this is this is serious shit. What do you Ramirez. think that would be used for? Those are man cutters right there. You shoot those things out and those those rods, they tumble through the air. Mm-hmm. So those become, you know, not just 12 gauge, man. They become like 80 gauge projectiles in the air. They will tear through you. So we want to hold on to that. Okay. So we're gonna take the. I'll I'll take the twelve. I still have my. I I guess I should have mentioned this before. I have my backpack with me still. Okay. Ramirez is like, hey, hey, it's just not my thing. Okay, I don't. Yes, if we need, you know, yeah, obviously we want the ammunition. I just, it's 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 not my thing, man. No, yeah. I yeah. look, man. We're in this together, and I. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to have my back. Okay. Of course. So you gotta you gotta be on board with these weapons. And I had mentioned with that me? there was a 12-gauge yeah, that was leaning against the corner as well. Yep. As you look yep. at it, you see it's a Mossberg 500. And this actually has a, a longer <laughs> tube <laughs> has a longer <laughs> tube on it. The, I know the that from 50 Cent. Eight-round capacity shotgun. It's got a pistol grip and a synthetic folding oh, stock yeah. and everything. Dude, you remember my Mossberg. And you can see that lying next to 
the shotgun is a another box of shells, and it says, it, "Somebody looks like somebody wrote in a sharpie." It says, "Dragon's Breath." Oh, baby, on the box. That's what I'm talking about. No, Ramirez has a twenty percent on firearms, so I mean, he's not going to be, you know, shooting apples off people's heads. But if you give him a shotgun and he's shooting point blank, I think he can operate it. So yeah, you take the Mossberg uh, muscles. Do you think the cops will let us keep this shotgun or uh, we're probably going to have to put all that stuff back in the cop car, right? Yeah, we're going to have to be... Swap out? Yeah, we're going to have to swap out. Okay. I don't know. We'll see if we can sweet talk the the lieutenant into giving us a weapon. <laughs> Leave that to me. Well, we do have a contact inside of the police um, that we yeah. haven't talked to yet. So, I mean, you, you never know what we might yeah. probably get. Maybe Officer Hill. Maybe uh, perhaps you could charm her. I'm not much to look at, so probably right. not good for me. So I'm going to grab the dragon's breath shells as well. Okay. Um, uh, before I uh, before I put them in my bag, I open that up and I kind of smell the shells. Do they smell? They like have a they have a phosphorus smell to it, but the box only has four rounds in there. Okay. So we got 12 in the one box and then four in these others, right? Yeah, and on the very bottom shelf, you see a long case. It's probably about three feet long, maybe a foot and a half deep, you know, deep, and probably about five inches tall. It's got a handle on it with two latches. Is it locked? It's not locked. I'm going to pull that out, put it on the table, and flip it open. You flip it open. You see inside there's this vintage Mosin Nagat M9130 rifle with a mounted telescopic scope on it. You see that there are six bullets in the case itself. Ramirez is like, are you thinking what I'm thinking? Yeah. Hell yeah, I'm thinking what you're thinking. Uh, what What's the, um, this is a scoped handgun? It's a scoped rifle. Or a scoped rifle, that's yeah. right, okay. And there's four rounds? Six. Six, okay. So, so I remember, what we're up against, I mean, this is, this stuff is good to have, but in the heat of it, it, uh, the, the, you know, you, you heard the stories, if something like that's coming at us, it, it might just be good to run too. It's got a scope on it. We can do this from a distance. It's true. You know, my brother is a sniper, so he'd always say, "Don't piss me off and run away, because you'll just die tired." <laughs> so I I pick up that that rifle. Um, I think this is a bolt action, right? Yes. So um, I pull the bolt back to see if there's any rounds in it. No, the chamber's clear. Okay. All right, I'll throw the ammo into my bag, grab that rifle. I want to look in the, um, the you said they're shelves, not shelves, uh, like a file cabinet. File cabinet in the very back. Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not too interested in the computer because I have a computer and I don't think we need information from anything. But it's, yeah, it's, anything a, it's an the... old computer. It looks like some kind of a 386. Like a like... Commodore 64. Hell yeah. Not quite that old, but it is a it's an old ass uh, old ass computer. Yeah, as you open up the file cabinet, you see that inside there appears to be a lamp 
just sitting there by itself. Is it on? No, it's not on. But it's not plugged in either. That's it? Just the lamp? Just the lamp in one of the drawers, yeah. Okay. What the hell's with a lamp in a file cabinet? I don't know, man. The people on these things, they're just as kooky as I am. Somebody thought it was... Maybe they used it for something. Hmm, interesting. Is it? Does it have a light bulb in it? Uh... It's just laying in there. You can't really tell from, from the way it's laying in there. He'll spin it like this to, like, show the... Yeah, it's like an old bump. desk one that's got, like, the crane, the, the flex neck. As you pick, as you grab it to flex it up to look, it actually turns itself on. And it's just like, you know, what the fuck? It just... You start seeing images of hmm. sacrificial oh, shit. Uh, children just being crucified and the light in your eyes starts, you start seeing it go a deeper and deeper red to the point where you, you actually just can't take it anymore. And I need for you to make another sanity check on that. that I is didn't pick it up. I just it, asked if there was a light. Yeah, and you don't see it. Only he's <laughs> seeing it. In fact, to yeah. you, the, the lamp appears dormant. It doesn't appear as though it's lit up at all. 56 under 58. Oh, <laughs> but you still take another point of sanity on that. And uh, so he just wills himself to turn the lamp off or to like put it down. And you see him just really, he, he's just stuck for a minute. Did you see what I saw? Hey, you all right, man? You okay? That, that lamp is bad news, man. There's a uh, reason it's here. Okay. We, we need to be careful going forward of shit that's out of place that we're we're taking extra caution because that didn't seem right to me that you had a lamp in a filing cabinet and it it obviously affected you in some way i think yeah, it's like a landmine man and there's two drawers in this cabinet um, roll the dice and open up the drawer <laughs> you open up the second one and inside you see uh, what appears to be a small plastic pistol with two magazines next to it. Okay. I think this is more Ramirez's style. Now, when you say plastic, it's not a water gun, right? No, it doesn't look like a water gun, but it yeah. doesn't look like a Glock either. He's going to pick it up and just kind of like hold it out to uh, Agent Rice. Like, how's, how's this look? He's like... So he doesn't get the sanity <laughs> check again. Yeah, yeah, check it out. Hey, let me let me let me see that. Yeah. So I I grab it from him and I'm I'm looking over the weapon. Do I see any serial numbers or anything on it? Nope. In fact, all the serial numbers and any identifying marks, it's completely devoid of. And it's plastic. It's plastic. Yeah. And there's two magazines that are sitting in this in the drawer where it came out of. And it looks like a too. 380 almost or maybe even a 25 auto it's that um, small that compact i should be able to tell being uh atf it looks unlike anything you've ever seen before even the material doesn't appear to be some kind of a polymer or a composite it it, it defies logic what this thing is built out of and even though you could tell that it, it's a gun it's got a trigger it's got a handle it's got a hole and it's got a, a magazine well, but I mean, it, it doesn't look like there's a slide. It doesn't look like there's any type of a safety on it. There's no sights on it at all. 
But it's got a magazine? It's got a magazine well. And there's two magazines in the drawer. Is it like th- 3D printed, maybe? But it doesn't look like there's any moving parts to it other than the trigger. This is some John Malkovich bullshit. What the hell? Magazine, weapon, no slide. How many rounds does that magazine hold? You pick it up and you see there's probably, without jacking the rounds out of it, there it probably holds four rounds in each magazine. Ramirez, I've never seen anything like this before. What is it, some kind of magical gun or something? Uh, I don't... I... I don't know how you fire this without it having any moving parts to fire and eject around. You know what? Regardless, we're going to take it with us. It, it may prove uh, prove useful to us later. Better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it, right? Yeah, so I'm going to take that, chuck it into my bag. Okay. Because Ramirez, this might come in handy. Bypass metal detector... And with no marks on it, we might be able to plant this on somebody. There you go. Uh, now you're thinking. All right, we'll go for door number three. Is it the lady or the tiger? The third drawer? There's only two. Oh, fuck. Never mind. It was the tiger. <laughs> is it... Uh... Stupid. Okay. Do Is there anything else in here? Just the mattress. Okay. Well, I don't yep. think we want to try that one out. He's like, you're not my type, buddy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll skip over the mattress. Uh, he's actually coming down off the beers and stuff, so sorry. Maybe in Savannah, but now, you know, he's kind of kind of sobered up. So, Ramirez, let's take, another, uh, let's take another scan of this place and see if there's anything that we may have missed. Yeah, I think even outside of the uh, room, if they're, like I said before, like a propane tank, something like that, you never know what kind of weird stuff we can get MacGyverish with. Can we do like a take 20 and just kind of look around the rest of the, the remnants of the restaurant? Is this whole thing just been picked clean minus the, fr- the fridge? Well, so as you, as you actually leave the kitchen and you start heading into the restaurant proper, you notice that the door that once provided cover or not cover, but some kind of concealment between the chefs and the rest of the, the customers has been completely removed. So you can see out into what was once this 80s Bob's Big Boy. Basically, you see that uh, all, like I said before, all the windows have been broken out. And you see that, every, you know, as you're moving your flashlight around, that the they've been boarded up with plywood. You see that all the booths have been, even though the, the cushions and seats are still there, they've all been skinned. All you hmm. see left behind are is the cottony uh, material beneath them that's just been yellowed with age. As you pan across to the counter, you see that the counter itself is completely covered in broken glass. Like there's not one inch that that doesn't have some shard of glass. Not from bottles, not from what, you know, who knows where the glass came from, but it's, it's literally lining every aspect of it. Even the the air inside is just damp and pugnant, almost like you can taste the air in this restaurant. It's kind of like the, uh, you know, you get that feeling of like a dead place. And Ramirez is just feeling that. He's like, I feel like something really, really bad went down here, man. Like a gang war or some kind of nasty drive-by. Like, 
Why is a burger place shut down? You know? This neighborhood probably wasn't that bad. There's got to be something wrong. Like, you feel this? You feel this? Uh, some, some seems off. Smell of gasoline. You know, you were acting kind of strange when we were in that room, and now we've got this glass sitting here that I can't tell what its source is. Mm-hmm. Dude, we need to... Something's yeah, odd, man. We need to get our shit out of here. It's giving me the fr- the willies, buddy. How, how long have we been in here now? About, what, 20 minutes? Uh, anywhere between 20, 40 minutes, somewhere in there. I mean, you... At this point, you're almost... If you were to leave right now and haul ass, you would probably make it back to the bullpen at the time Fontenot had mentioned. I have, if you hang around any longer, you'll probably be outside that window. Yeah, Ramirez... Let's do that. It's getting close, man. It's like 4... 430, 440. We, we got to get the fuck out of here, man. Let's roll. We're going to do the thing where we come in late with the drinks that made us late. So we have our Starbucks just like showing it off in front of the other cops. Can only oh, you be guys late didn't once. get donuts? <laughs> yeah, if you're going to be late, baby, go with it. Um, yeah, when we, I think Ramirez, he like wants to let uh, Agent Rice know. He's like, you know, I wasn't always this way. You know, I've seen a lot of stuff doing this, and um, it's th- this, this job just affects you, man. And uh, I just want you to know that. And as he's saying, he just like goes to sleep. Are you guys in the car? Yeah. Or are you just <laughs> no, standing in the like restaurant? Standing. He's sleeping standing. Yeah. We you haven't made our way out yet. You think he's making like a really good point? He's like, you know. Because you guys are like still in the in the restaurant at this point. Shit. Yes. Yeah. So you just kind of like nod off, standing still, just you know. I. Uh, but he's like, yeah. "Yeah, man, I'm 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 all for this. I don't. This is weird and it's dangerous, but it's something I've uh, grown grown accustomed to. Yeah, it's clearly affected you. <laughs> Welcome to the club. No offense, but you're fucked up. Yeah, you're fucked up. You're all right, man. You're. You're, you know what? You should probably get a little rest on, you know, just some shut eye on the way back. Yeah, I just let's, need some sleep, man. Let's get out of here. And as you guys leave the it's restaurant. Like, you don't get out much, do you, Rice? You haven't seen my house. How do you know? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> He's like, you ever going to get around to paint in that bathroom? <laughs> Not just the floor. So as you guys leave the restaurant, most likely, I'm assuming you guys go back out the way you came in and start heading back towards a squad car. You notice that a lot of the neighborhood has come out and they're they're standing on their doorsteps. They're actually, you see a lot of people who are looking through their windows at these two guys that are leaving this Bob's Big Boy and making their way towards a squad car. And they notice you guys are not in uniform. They just don't have official uniforms. But the streets are more congested you know, with these people that are viewing you as you guys get in the car. Nobody's like, approaching you. Nobody's being aggressive or anything, but there you have everybody's attention at this point. This is going to sound a little whatever, but I think Ramirez's first idea is like, basically make it look like you were paying me to like do sex to you. And, and like you're, you're the mattress. Yeah, you're like a cop that took me to this weird location, and we just did like, like so. Basically, he's like a male prostitute, um, in a nice way of saying it. But he's like, dude, just hand me some money. 
like hand me some money like just just make a show out of it and he's just gonna be like all right well all right let's get on out of here buddy i'll indulge you yeah so it's like a reason <laughs> for what we're doing so I know. fucked up yeah <laughs> it's just for the role play that's all <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> they're like you know so the neighborhood's just like yeah just a couple f- going into the old big boy i lean over and give him a kiss on the cheek Nice. As we're headed towards the car and and hand them what appears to be money, but we're still headed towards the car. Yeah, yeah, we're still. This is on the way. Just so if anybody's like, "Hey, what are y'all doing?" and he's like, "Oh, you can be next." Oh my gosh! Very well. So you guys get in the car, <laughs> spin this thing back around, and start heading east back towards the New Orleans Police Department's bullpen, and that is where we will end this session. Hey, never, never say that Ramirez's methods don't work. Hey, and you're taking, you're taking, you know what? You're redirecting people's thoughts. Rice picks up on him. He knows what he's doing. Thank you for joining us once again on Roll the Hard 20 Podcast. Remember, you can find us and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Podcasts, and Audible. And if you like what you're listening to, leave us that five-star rating and review. We have also have a YouTube channel at Roll the Hard 20, so if you're into watching, head on over and hit that subscribe bell. We can also be found in the wild on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So don't forget to look for us there and check us out. You can also contact the show directly at RollTheHard20Podcast at gmail.com or head on over to the website at RollTheHard20Podcast.com where you can download the current show directly, pick and choose past shows from our archives, or view our galleries. We've got a lot of stuff posted there, so check us out. And finally... Join us on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash rollthehard20podcast where you can become a hard slinger and pick up swag. So until next session, keep your dice warm and your glass topped off as you roll those hard 20s.